Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmeen Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, Ronald, Ronald, Ronald again, Russell Ivanovich. You did it again. <laughs> I'm not even going to be able to edit that out. Just, fine, I'm Ronald, Ronald Ivanovich. How's things? And, and Andy Anako. Why is a harder name to pronounce? That's just... I, I think, so So what I, what I, I usually always announce Andy first. And so I was like, no, I'm going to announce Russell. And so then I was like, Randy. So I was just like, Ronald. So I, I don't know. Look, I'm Ronald just glad and- you didn't call me Randy, all right? <laughs> That's okay. Because wasn't there, isn't there, like in Australia, don't you like make up nicknames by like putting Zs in? Like, so wouldn't you be like Rosa, Raza, something like that? Yeah, the thing is, you've got to, like, if your name's Barry, then you become Bazza. Yeah. But if, if your first name's no good, like, R- Russell is too hard to put Zs on, so you just take, like, your, your last name instead. So you, you generally added a Y to that. So if my last name was Smith, I'd become Smithy. You'd be Ando, I think. Ando is quite a common, it's not a shortening, weirdly enough. It's just, a, and Yasmin would probably be Yazza. Yazza, I love that. Yazza, Ando, Yazza! and Smithy. We had a wonderful first baseman <laughs> well, on the Red Sox by the name of Yaz. That's that's actually very very high on. Well, our there reference. we go. Call your Strimsky. <laughs> so Yazo is it Yaza or Yazo? Yaza. Yaza is and going Ando. to Google I/O. Oh. Yay! Okay, so last week I was I was crying on air. You know, I was uh, we were making lasagna for one for Google I/O, and we were all very sad because Russ, uh, Russell had his ticket, but Yasmin didn't have her ticket. But someone at Google was looking out for me and it magically arrived in my inbox. I think it was just delayed. It was just delayed and they had to remember, oh crap, we haven't sent Yasmin her tickets. And then they sent it and I'm going, I'm so excited. <laughs> so what you're saying is there's still a chance for Andy to get Hamilton tickets. This this show exactly. does have powers. Exactly. Yes. Well, I, so just I, I will faith, I, I will maybe. say that I have I have seen Hamilton from a balcony view shall we say in it's an i have seen i've definitely seen a performance of hamilton from the balcony in its entirety what was it shot on an iphone or android phone i see this this is (laughs) can either confirm or deny anything this is where it's a it's a good thing to be a journalist and it's a good thing to be uh, like doing like a hamilton podcast because i can say that uh this is fair use that i managed to get a copy of this completely just reference material recording of a live performance just so that I can be informed and by being better informed, so better inform the public. It's a responsibility. I... <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Did you say you have a Hamilton podcast? Yeah, uh, it's uh, on the uh, another Relay FM <laughs> show. Uh, Jason Snell's Incomparable Banner is doing a, a show called Pod for Ham where we're going through every single track on this two CD uh, Broadway cast album, uh, and it's like there's like a million people on this thing, and I'm doing uh, I'm doing my third episode, or maybe my maybe my fourth on Friday, where we're doing like two episodes. Wow, I have that's... to put a link to that in the show notes. That's really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. We 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 have to limit it to 30 minutes because otherwise we're like, oh my god, you see that? It was what's your favorite? My my favorite place. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, we we put that on the fan the car. We were listening to that, and everyone was, and I was like this is really, really good. And my daughter was singing along and I was like, look at that. She's learning history. This is an <laughs> educational experience. It's a, it's pretty amazing. Like I, if you haven't listened to Hamilton yet, um, you're thinking, ah, you know, Broadway musical, it's not really my thing, but it is 
it is it's awesome just go listen <laughs> just go listen to like the first song and it, it just it speaks so much um like it's just so cool but it's a cool show so or listen to andy's uh new podcast so that you can be attached and to hamilton as, as many people would say how can you make how can you make mus- musical theater even more off-putting to the general public how about musical theater about american history <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> No, I have to say I have no idea about American history. I've maybe heard about George Washington, and that's about where it stops. So I had no idea who Alexander Hamilton was or any of the story, and I found the musical fascinating. I haven't even seen the production. I've just listened to the actual album on on Google Play Music. It was amazing. Yeah, it's 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 like it's 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 like the whole the whole thing here. Like, nope, I, I got I got George's, and I got I got the horrible Andrew Jackson's, but. Imagine like half of this. So that's that's Andrew Jackson. He was a very bad guy and a very bad president who killed a lot of people based on the fact that they weren't white and Christian and just really bad guy. I, Alexander Hamilton is on the ten, and he basically after after uh, we won the revolution, there was like, okay, well, how are we gonna finance having a country, and how are we gonna uh, like how many we're gonna have like a loose confederation of states, or we're gonna actually have a powerful central government. And he was the guy behind the scenes who was like, you know what? It'd be good to actually be able to pay for this. And maybe if we were to, I don't know, like, you know, what we should do is we should, even though we can afford to buy a car outright, we should really get a car loan because that will, as a country, increase our credit score. And therefore, when we want to actually buy Louisiana, we'll have a good credit score, like a good, like an 810 and 820 when we talk, a good experience so that we go to the bank to buy Louisiana, that sort of stuff. So Hamilton created credit cards? Uh, he could have. I'm just kidding. I'm just him. <laughs> I guess that the, the ideas of, of it. Um, I have another awesome update. Okay, so you have all heard the painful story of my Android auto connection, which is I would connect my phone and it just would not, it would just not connect. My phone and my husband's phone, like we're, he has a 5X, I have a 6P, they're Nexus devices. They would just not connect to my Android auto. And it was super, super frustrating because I was like, it's a brand new car and it's a brand new phone that gets direct updates from Google. Like there is no reason why this should be a connection issue. And, you know, they told me we're working on it, yada, yada. It had been months. It's been months. <laughs> but finally, I saw an update for Android Auto and the first note that said, it said improved phone car connection reliability. And I was like, <gasps> could this be it? And I was hoping that in the updates, Google would say, Yasmin, this, is, this one's for you. But I think they didn't want to say anything because they realized if this does not work, like we can't have her go after us again. So I, I, I plugged in my phone into my car and it worked android auto started it was so awesome and it's it's, it's it, was, it was like a miracle i was like this is I, I was i was happy i was a very happy woman and it's it's been working now um it's like been two days now and i haven't had any connection issues and i'm just like what is this this is this is weird and so Thank you, Android Auto team, for fixing that. I know that it was an issue with VWs because other uh, people with uh, Volkswagens were, were having issues. So if you own a Volkswagen and you have Android Auto and it hasn't been able to connect to your phone, go out and explore because it is now working, hopefully, for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Although I'm a bit sad that I'll lose my air of superiority. Yes, mean that I could be like, every time I plug in my phone, it just works. It's amazing. And then Yasmin's just giving you the stare, just like the glare of like, stop talking, Russell. I will take you out. <laughs> it will be it will be a whole nother Hamilton yeah. story here. 
<laughs> but it, but is but isn't that like the that that's the the doom that we're all in in this world? It's like it's like in like when you're growing up in Soviet Russia, you learn that I'm not going to expect anything to work well. I'm just going to hope that something works. And hardware and software is like, <laughs> oh my god, the thing that the phone is supposed to be able to connect to this thing, and it connected to this thing. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> Ever since the days of installing Windows 95 on a, on a PC, you just get so excited when there's no IRQ conflicts left and your graphics card actually works. There's something on the screen. feels like, yeah, every now and again we, we go back to these days. So we did uh, another piece of follow-up. Speaking of Android updates, uh, we talked about last week, you know, are there any Indian desserts, you know, starting with the letter N that, that we're not av- not available for, not not aware of, you know, because we're, we're calling it early here. Um, two of our listeners uh, wrote in. Uh, one guy said there's something called. He's even provided a pronunciation guide, which which I really respect. It's Nan Kutai. He said because you may or may not butcher it, and he was correct. <laughs> I, I did in fact butcher it. It's apparently a buttery biscuit, so you know that sounds pretty delicious. And there's another thing I've never heard of. He, um, another listener sent us a picture of something called Cadbury Nutties. So apparently Cadbury in India sells these things called Nutties, and they look amazing. So it's like a I'm trying to describe it. It's like a chocolate covered. Nut, I guess. This is the best I, way to try <laughs> Like little I recognize nutties. a nut-like object. <laughs> I, I recognize it's, it's, it seems to be in a very nice gift-type container. That also looks nice. And uh, I have just ordered a six-pack of Cadbury Nutties chocolates. We shipped to me, and I should ship. Hello, <laughs> it says shipping <laughs> estimate for these items not yet available, so it might be several months. I think. I think you just bought them because I clicked on that same link and it says, Oh, I got the last ones. So you just bought the entire sack of nutties. And he's bought the world's supply of nutties. I'm the king of Cadbury nutties. Anybody in the world wants them, they're going to have to come to me. El Rey de los Cadbury nutties. Well, actually, says between May 2nd and May 23rd. So, wow. So, what Andy's going to do for anyone that wants them, he'll individually wrap them and send them to you for just $10. And if you each. pledge, pledge yeah, at the $200 there we go. That's level. That's a good business. And <laughs> anyway, we, we really want to thank you for sending those in. We've we've learned a lot about um, Indian desserts. And, you know, Google I is not far away. So if we end up being right, then we could be like, we, we were at the front of that. We we called this one. I have one other minor update. Um, I talked about last week about getting my, if you're getting the name of this, my Gear S2 or Samsung Gear S2, whatever it is, the, the watch from Samsung. I found another cool feature over the weekend. So for anyone that's ever worn an Apple Watch, you know that. In order to get workout data, you technically have to start and stop a workout, which is really annoying when you've got these tiny little buttons on your watch. And I know Android Wear through Google Fit um, does some automatic tracking, but I was really impressed. I was playing soccer um, Saturday, and the watch is kind of small and inconspicuous, and you feel like you're not going to take people out um, with it. So this is the first watch I've actually left on you know, while playing sport. And I just felt it buzz, and it's like, hey, I noticed you started running. I've started a workout. I'm like, that is cool. And then... You know, 30 minutes later, it still had the, the countdown time. And when I sat down for, for half time, it's like, oh, I noticed you've stopped running. I'm going to stop that workout. So it did it all um, automatically. And I know that's a small thing, but it really impressed me just that it recognized that, hey, your heart rate's gone up, your step count's gone up, you, you look like you're doing some running. So I'm going to record this for you. And yeah, like I say, really liked it. Have, have you seen that it uh, works better than the Google Fit one? Because I know like the Google Fit will automatically track it in your in your history, but I don't know if it actually like shows up on your watch like, hey, it feels like you're running. Are you running? You know? Yeah. The, the thing I like about this, it actually comes up with a giant countdown timer. So I guess oh, what cool. it's encouraging you to do is to keep going. It's like, hey, you've been doing this for 15 minutes. Why, why stop now? So that, that was kind of cool. Um, I, I don't know about the, the technical differences and which one's more accurate, but this this one seems to 
yeah, it seems to work really well. And I'm kind of embarrassed, proud. Yet again, I'm at this this weird sort of you know intersection of of pride and embarrassment that I've actually switched to uh, S Health for all ah. my health needs. No, it's a really nice app. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what's happening. They've replaced me with some kind of like Samsung Droid, but I know um, what it, what's going on. You know, it's uh, you think you know someone, and the next thing you know, Samsung has just bought him out. Have you tried you sold out to Samsung? <laughs> have you tried Google Fit? Do you like? Do you have you? Do you prefer that one to Google Fit, or have you just have you just been sort of steered towards the Samsung app because it's Samsung and uh, you're happy with it so I, I did use google fit for at least a, a good year i was i was moderately happy i think it's really good at data collection i i don't know that they've nailed the ui though the the ui sort of interface in s health is just it's just a lot better like everything is more fluid it's easier to get um at your data with google fit it feels like you have to do a lot of tapping and drilling down and scrolling before you get to the the kind of data that you want and some of their animations in the google fit interface while they're really nice the animation can take like three or four seconds to complete i'm like i just want to get to the data we don't need like three seconds of animation give me give me something shorter well there's a new feature do we, do we call it a feature all, all i know is that i was using google now as usual and i noticed there was something different about the voice but by the time i really realized it i was already onward to doing the thing that i was setting the timer for so I didn't really listen to it. But uh, according to Google, they have actually released a big, big, big update to uh, their voice synthesis. Uh, and you really can uh, notice it. They, did, they didn't do like a blog post or a big press release or anything. Uh, all they did was they uh, uh, Nat, the Nat and Lowe's 20% channel on uh, YouTube had two different videos about the process of creating this new voice. And you really can tell that it's not as though it's a different voice. It's just that it's a more natural voice. And a lot of that has to do with it's pausing in the right places and there are fewer like synthetic delays to it. And it's uh, I haven't used it enough to really know if uh, really uh, be a master of everything that's changed. But really just feel like it's inflecting a lot more appropriately and a lot more naturally. Like, well, uh, let's see if uh, we can find something uh how old is Abe Vigoda? Abe Vigoda died at the age of 94. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can hear the okay. difference there. Who is Andy Anako? According to Wikipedia, Andy Anako, NTKO, is a technology journalist for the Chicago Sun-Times and tech author. He currently resides in Massachusetts. He appears <laughs> on Leo. Yeah, anyways. Hey, where's Relay? Where's Material? Material is not listed on there. Google, get on that. <laughs> What was the number one hit song of 1963? Here is information from Wikipedia. Why is it Andy's Probably. voice actually sounds different to yours, Yasmin? I wonder if you somehow yeah. haven't the update. Haven't gotten to, well, 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 she well, sounded different when I was listening to her, but maybe well, let's try. We'll, we'll both ask. We'll both ask this the same okay. thing. The same. Uh, <laughs> what's the weather in Cucamonga right now? It's 90 degrees and mostly cloudy in Rancho Cucamonga. All right, your turn, Yasmin. Okay. What's the weather in Cucamonga right now? It's 90 degrees and mostly cloudy in Rancho Cucamonga. 
I don't know if it's that's not the same. Yeah, it's it's a server side thing, so it's not like you need to download a new anything. But yeah, I think there's like there's 34 degrees in Rancho Cucamonga, like (laughs) trying to make Rancho Cucamonga sound like. Gosh, I wonder if Amtrak goes there. It sounds like Rancho Cucamonga is a wonderful place to go. Where I just picked it up because I just remembered from old old Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, But uh, yeah, and the but the funny so that's great. Uh, but the funny thing is, so in that in the Nat and Lowe's twenty percent videos, they sh- they basically are in like the recording booth with like some of the project managers, and they're talking. They're really explaining some of the things about here's how we record things, and here's the things that we're looking for, uh, and uh, interesting tidbits like uh, it's with the new inflections, it will do things like say, do uh, what time do you want me to schedule that to indicate that I didn't really get that, and if I'm asking you to repeat something, here is what I didn't get. But the funny thing is that it's in a recording booth and you're, they're actually interviewing or having conversations with the voice talent that's recording like all the stuff. But instead of actually having a person in the booth, you just see like sort of a Microsoft clippy sort of animated character behind the mic. I don't know whether it's like she's a Scarlet Pimpernel and her identity has to be protected so she can continue to move from village to village solving crimes and helping people without being interfered with or whether it's like Harry Shearer with The Simpsons where he – he doesn't have to actually fly in anywhere. He can just phone it in. <laughs> I'd like to think that she goes about her day-to-day life and people just, it just there's something about that voice that sounds oddly familiar and they can't, they just can't pin it. They don't know what it is. Like if you, like if you ask her for, if you ask this random person, like in the grocery store, <laughs> the say, what, 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 what aisle is peanut butter in? There's just something about the way she says, peanut butter is an aisle six. Organic peanut butter is an aisle four. Like I don't, I don't know. You, you don't work here, but there's something about that voice that makes me think that this, this is coming from an authoritative source. See, not, see, I wouldn't mind having like her voice, like if she was my mom, you know, because then I feel like if when she was when I was getting in trouble, it wouldn't sound so mean. It would just be like, oh, thanks, Google Voice. I'll What's go mean? see myself to my room. Are you now. sure you want to do that right now? <laughs> Exactly. I don't see that. That that's even worse. I don't. I don't. I see. I, 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 what if? What if? Like you're you're 15 years old, and you said, "Mom, I I think that what I really want to do is like I know that I've got I'm supposed to be saving money for for college, and I'm going to get college credit for what I thought I'd do is shave the side of my head, get a misfits tattoo on that side of my head, and try to hitchhike across the country following random bands." And you really want your mom to feel as you want to feel as though your mom is so emotionally involved in your well being that are you out of your mind? What the? <laughs> if she said, "Are you sure you really want to do that?" <laughs> well, fine, mom. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, I'll see if I can find routes to Rancho Cucamonga <laughs> via car. Aren't, aren't you going to push back at all? <laughs> That's the voice of someone who's already made plans for, to turn your room into like a an AV center or game room. <laughs> She's just in there with a tape measure, just mm, She's yeah, like, just, mm. just just measuring things out. Don't don't mind me, just back to sleep. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool in this video as well how they were showing, um, you know, even for like very similar words that you think like, oh, if someone said you know stop, then you'd be able to use that in like twelve other words. But they actually they sequenced together all the oh, I forgot the name for it now they had fancy um, vocabulary right. names for, for all these things but just the way they pull different bits um, you know from this voice talent and stitch them together was really fascinating and I guess that's what in the past has led to some people sounding like this <laughs> on a computer whereas yeah. now you know it sounds a, a lot more natural it's just getting like closer and closer to, to human speech 
Yeah, they were even testing some of the words. So say if you were to, even if we were to use the word stop, it's they were kind of enunciating it differently depending on what was happening. So like if you were trying to say like stop now or, you know, or stop, like it, it, they just had different words that they were using that were for responses, which I think is so perfect because voice um, and language, it matters the tone of voice like that, that really makes an impact. So you could be saying one thing, but if you're saying it in a much like happier voice, then it doesn't sound as, as like this, someone's judging you or whatever, you know, but um, it so it was cool that they were going through that and like just testing through different responses and even changing that. So it was, it was really neat to see that video. So we'll put a link in the Nat and Lowe's uh, videos because it was pretty cool to see how they got the Google voice. And yeah, you know, my, my daughter who, um, is just kind of obsessed with Google and is like always asking me questions about Google beforehand. She would just be like, is, is Google a man or, you know, a woman? Like she was kind of, uh, confused because she, she didn't really understand like, Hey, well, Google's not really a person. So, you know, she was trying to figure it out because it was such a computer voice, but I think now she'd be like, that sounds a bit more, you know, like feminine voice. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always good, you know, when your computers are getting more human and they're, they're interacting, you know, with you a bit better. So this is an interesting thing. There's, you know, we're speaking about more human search results and, you know, how computers can sound more like us and understand us better. It was a fascinating post. I don't know if you two saw it by Reddit user Barney13 where he was just going through his um, Google Photos and, you know, he's bringing up, you know, various trips that he'd, he'd been on. And then he asked, you know, I want to see um, photos from this trip we took to Nice, which I assume is the Nice in France, unless you guys have a, a niece in the USA as well. And it turned out that, you know, Nice was the, the place where his dad had died years ago. And see, so yeah, the, the app even offered him condolences before it gave him the search result. It says, according to Gmail, firstly, let me express my deepest sympathy to you your mum and your whole family at your loss. Your dad was a fantastic man, as I'm sure you already know. I mean, I'd love to know what how you two feel about that, like the, the, this concept of, you know, a computer learning more about you and then offering things like condolences. Yeah, that was, a, you know, really interesting because it's like, wait, how did Google know that? And it knew that because it was reading, indexing through like the Gmail, his Gmail, and, that, and it actually read an excerpt that someone said, sent in the message. Um, and wow like how powerful because that it it's from just bringing you information it makes it like we were we were talking about a bit more human where it talks to our emotions and kind of um you know says that it's uh i <laughs> i think i'd be a little creeped out at first and or i'd be i'd be taken back cuz i'd be like wait what you know i'd kind of i'd take a step back um but then i think i would really i think cherish that moment because i was like wow like Google, I don't know if it was by accident or if they are trying to have more sympathy for these type of scenarios, it, like took the time to express that to me. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's uh, when I first heard about this, I was like, well, this would be uh, not knowing how this act was actually working. I was thinking, well, I don't, you know, I'm going through a lot this week. My my, my mom just died. But if, if my insurance company after having a, a piece of server software that was scraping for claims that I had filed, decided to randomly say, oh, I'm thank you, so, your valued customer. I'm so sorry to hear of the death of your mother last week from falling on a carrot peel that you had left on the floor. 
please, if there's anything we can do during this troubled time. <laughs> but the fact that uh, it, it found that out in context, it happened two years later, and um, uh, Google hasn't made a – this was just something, a post on Reddit. So it's, uh, it's not as though uh, Google has made a statement on this, but you can imagine somebody at that other end thinking, we know that Nice is associ- – here's what Nice is associated with for this person – Maybe before we show them something that might put them in a different sort of bummed out frame of mind, we should preface it by saying, oh, well, sorry about sorry that this happened. It's not going to be it's certainly not going to be for everyone, um, because I don't think any the the whole point of making uh, Siri and Google Now voices uh, more personal is so that you will want to use that service more because you're thinking of it as a human being. But I don't think, of course, anybody is thinking that there is a real live human being at the other end of that Google search that is can feel sympathy or know that this is customary. So it could be a little bit weird like that sort of form letter, uh, but in an audio way. Um, the guy's, Actually, the guy's name is James Lichtenstein. Uh, he actually, after Reddit being Reddit saying, oh, <laughs> pictures or it didn't happen, uh, actually posted a video uh, to YouTube, of course, uh, of his phone doing that. So here's, uh, <laughs> so here, here it is off my microphone. Show me some of my photos from San Francisco. Here are some matching pictures. So they're just regular vacation photos. Okay, Google. Show. show me some of my photos from Nice, France. According to Gmail, firstly, let me express my deepest sympathy to you, your mum and the whole family at your loss. Your dad was a fantastic man, as I am sure you already know. I can't imagine how much discussion went by, even this, even if this was just a sort of feature that never gets pitched to the managerial level. These are just the things that the team decides to put in there. That's what a what a fine line to try to cross. I mean, the the does Google know that his father was a fine person? Also. A lot of people, uh, many people don't have positive relationships with their parents, and a lot of parents don't have positive relationships with their children. And if my father had been a total jerk who uh, left left the family at age three and just sort of drifted back into my life, uh, <laughs> like when because he just been diagnosed with something terminal and wanted to sponge off me. I'm not sure if I'd like to be. Oh, he was a great person, and you want you'd want to sort of like create a 18 web pages about what a jerk he was, so that Google would be informed and therefore would not be able to say that he's a good person. Uh, yeah, although it's not Google didn't it, Google just read something that was in Gmail, and I think that's the kind yeah. of the difference. Like they're not actually going out and saying. Oh no, no, exactly, no, exactly, exactly. So, so it's. It probably even it might have just happened by accident that those two words were in context with each other and Google, you know, sent those out. So, yeah, it it's um, it's definitely interested. Like if the, if there is someone at Google that kind of knows maybe how how this happened or if there was anything that had some insight, like where they are trying to train it to have more uh, contextual and, and sympathy in regards like that would be kind of cool to hear from someone from Google kind of why why this happened or how it happened. I'm. It obviously was indexing Gmail, and that's kind of how I got the information. But it'd be interesting to know if, like, uh, yeah, no, that was on accident, and we're happy that it was kind of a happy ending for this in this scenario because it could be a bad ending in other scenarios. 
Yeah, I don't know how it could be, I don't know how it could be an accident unless I just don't know how it could be an accident. But um, the it's also a thing telling that they made sure that we're going to make sure we tell you that we got this from Gmail. We're not going to make you wonder and worry like where we found right. this out. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good thing that it like uh, announced Gmail first because that would be what that would be so creepy if you're like, where did you get this information? How do you know my dad and? I am getting off the internet right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about this because, I mean, at, at you know one level, yes, it's good to have trigger warnings and it's good to 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 know about things you're about to bring up. But it it's odd because even as humans, you know, we get emotions wrong constantly. Like I'm sure we've all had people in our lives that we've upset. You know, we thought we were doing the right thing and we upset them because you know it turns out this was the wrong thing. So I, I don't think a computer's you know at the moment is going to be better at making those mm. decisions. Then we are. So if we screw it up all the time, you know, it's it's potentially going to do that as well. And I'm kind of with Yasmin. Like, I'd be really interested to know the background of uh, how this whole thing came about. Whether it's just you know it took a certain path through the algorithm and you know it turned up here, or whether this is an intentional thing that you know that, that they've been putting in for any sort of photos that you know that that could potentially be you know triggers for people. The other fascinating thing, and I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this, I did not know you could do that just with the the voice search. You know, say show me photos of this and yep. show me photos of that. I've always been going into the the photos app, so you know I learned that. That's part. That, that. So thank you, Reddit user. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it did. The death was six years ago, so I suppose you there's some there's some distance there. But yeah, what how it's how can you imagine how thick would the user manual for Google services be? Like if if they if you if if something tried to uh, tried to document all the things that Google search and Google services can do, all of these tiny tiny little features. I don't know how I don't know how thick that would be. Is there enough paper? I mean, there's there's an even more interesting event coming up. It's you see things like AlphaGo, you know, has this machine learning algorithm and it can play, you know, this ancient Chinese board game of Go. And the program has even admit, you know, there's some moves that it made that we don't fully understand. You know, it's it's come to its own decisions. When, you know, Google starts integrating more and more machine learning, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how you actually control those sort of algorithms because they could potentially do things that you're not expecting, you know, I, I don't want to get into the weeds of programming, but generally, you know, when you're programming something, it's very specific. You're like, if this condition happens, then do this. But otherwise, if this other condition happens, then do that. Whereas machine learning is more about let's feed a ton of information, um, you know, to this computer and let's let it start to come, you know, to its own decisions, which I don't know, that's, that's an interesting thing to try and control. Yeah, I think, you know, we... We all heard about the uh, the Microsoft's machine learning, their artificial intelligence that they had on, like it was like a Twitter bot and people were sending it uh, information that I, I had actually started sending out like racist uh, and sexist comments. And it's, it's something that, yeah, it's like you have to be very careful of what the computer is learning from us and what it's, uh, you know, how, how do you train it or how do you program it? to not say these terrible things that maybe it, it doesn't know that, hey, maybe I shouldn't be saying these things, right? It's a computer. It doesn't think that way. So it's definitely something that will be very interesting in the future as we develop more um, AI and explore that. Well, I mean, that, no, you know, no, no room for optimism. I've been, I've been programmed for the, I've been, my, my AI has been programmed for 40 years and even I don't know how to do social situations that's like, and, that, and that's a great example. It's like, do I say, I don't know this person very well. Do I say, I'm so sorry about the passing of your father? It's not that I'm not sorry, but is this person going to think, well, who the hell are you? You just, you're just, you're just, you're just here to sell me a jelly donut. Just give me my change. Don't tell me about, you know, 
but oh well. Uh, what, but we got to go commercial, but before we do, uh, one cool thing that just happened today, Google has finally released for real uh, the Tilt Brush app. You might have seen these in various demos of uh, VR apps for now that HTC and others are making these cool VR goggles. Uh, Tilt Brush is this really cool app that with your goggles, with your VR goggles on, it will, t- you've got uh, devices in your hands, of course, will track your hand movements, unless you paint in 3D space in the room that you are in. So you can just swing your arms around and create this huge metal hoop and then step through the hoop and put like a concentric triangle in the middle of it, then take eight steps back and make a cube that's around it. And you can be walking all around this now physical, huge mental o- metal object and mental object that's filling the entire room. Uh, and uh, you have to have a, a HTV, HTC Vive to make it work. Uh, but now it's a four real pro- product that they're calling it Tilt Brush by Google. Uh, it's a product that they acquired in April of 2015 when they uh, bought a company called I had it here, but uh, uh, but they, they 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 acquired it and they've been using it in demos ever since. Fast Company has been. If you wanted to check it out, we'll have a link in the show notes. Fast Company has a really good write up on it, calling it the first great VR app. And when you see some video of how well this works. Uh, you can sort of imagine that. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to when VR is a completely a uh, mobile sort of thing where you don't have to be tied to a $8,000 laptop that's connected to a generator in order to keep make it work. Imagine like being able to walk through streets and see sculptures that other people have decided to add, like 3D graffiti that people have decided to add to actual popular works of art. Uh, and actually a popular street corner. So uh, it's a it's a fun thing. It's one of those really weird, stupid things that I'm glad that Google is getting involved in. Uh, but we do have a sponsor, and our sponsor is Squarespace, is it not? This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code MATERIAL at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace makes it really, really easy to get your website up and running. They have wonderful templates that are both responsive, so they can work on that giant Android phone of yours, or even if you have that tiny iPhone. I know, iOS listeners, you are listening, and it looks great on desktop too because it's responsive. It looks great throughout. Squarespace has the power you it puts it in your hands so that you can customize your website to whatever you want it to be. It takes away all the pain points like worrying about hosting or scaling. They take care of all of that and it's really secure and it's the website looks professionally designed and anyone even without any code or skill level can get a website looking great up and running. Squarespace offers 24-7 support with live chat and email, and they also have a commerce platform. So if you want to sell some cool stuff, uh, maybe maybe some apps, I don't know, for the, you want to, you want to build some apps for, for all that uh, tilt brush stuff, you can go into there in Squarespace and start building it. It also has a great cover page, so you can get a great single page website to get you up and running. If you do want to dig into the code, you can go into the Squarespace editor and it lets you customize it. So if you're comfortable with that, go ahead and go in there. So really, whether you're a beginner and you don't know how to code or if you're really in, into into uh, development, you can get in there in Squarespace and make the site however you want it. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want to your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to Squarespace When you decide you want to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code MATERIAL to get 10% off. Again, that is MATERIAL. Thank you, Squarespace, for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. So uh, are we now worried about Google's ability to acquire and nurture and manage other companies? Because we've had 
there's there are a couple of stories over the past couple of weeks. One of them is let, let's let's just preface this right off. One of them is good journalism, straightforward, documented, attributed. One is based on a Reddit post by a person who created an account just to say this thing about his worries about Nest, and then now the posts and the account have both been deleted. But we're a podcast, and when two really interesting things click together and make really good act two, we are going to talk about both of them. Um, uh, Fanity Fair had a really uh, long article that was telling talking about uh, – Changes in their attitude towards the companies that they acquire and the investments that they make. Uh, and this teams up with an article in Bloomberg about how uh, Google is now looks like they're looking to sell Boston Dynamics, which is its robotic uh, harassment and abuse uh, <laughs> uh, arm, uh, famous for creating <laughs> videos of amazing robots being attacked by humans. Uh, and uh, so uh, the Bloomberg piece talks about uh, tensions between Boston Dynamics and Google's robotics division, Replicant. Not at all a scary name. Uh, here's a quote. <laughs> I, want, I really do want to know. Exactly. Just, you know, like Alphabet. That looks like a like an octopus-like conspiracy to control everything. <laughs> Just how about Sunflower? Sunflower Daisy Puss. <laughs> Uh, anyway, about uh, the, the tensions between Boston Dynamics and Replicant, uh, the November meeting was run by Jonathan Rosenberg, an advisor to Alphabet Chief Executive Officer Larry Page, nonetheless, and former Google se Senior Vice President, who was temporarily in charge of the Replicant Group. In the meeting, Rosenberg said, quote, we as a startup of our size cannot spend 30 plus percent of our resources on things that take 10 years, unquote, and that, quote, there's some time frame that we need to be generating an amount of revenue that covers expenses and that needs to be and that needs to be a few years years. Uh, and it, the pattern of all of this is that, uh, the, of these stories, is that uh, Google's and Alphabet's attitude seems to be shifting towards, let's stop doing these absolutely bat-spit-crazy moonshot projects that are absolutely just hypothetical ideas, but let's, we'll do them, but we'll make sure, we'll try to make sure that whatever we're shoveling money into has some sort of plan to be profitable or ship an actual product, or there will be some sort of timeline by which at the end of this period, you're going to show us that we can actually create a viable product or service out of this. We're not just going to discover a edible glow-in-the-dark paint uh, so that you can find Easter eggs that have been mislaid uh, during an Easter egg hunt. You have to actually start creating a business. Um, the actually this ties into Nest. Uh, the fiscal discipline era has now descended upon everything. Nest founder and CEO Tony Fidel told the information. Uh, the message from Alphabet, Google's parent company, to its more enterprising bets is clear: show us your business plan for the year, and we're going to hold you to those numbers. This is all uh, stuff that Fidel is saying. And according to the report, Alphabet has put heat on Nest to release a new smart home security system this year, as the company struggles with management troubles and shortcomings with its products. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, reading that, it's like, you're going to be held to this. And since Nest has been acquired, you know, by Google, they haven't really put out a whole lot of new products on the line. And that's kind of, I remember when first was, uh, Nest was first acquired, you know, I was like really excited to see kind of what they came out. And the only thing they've done is, uh, well, they well, they came out with the Nest Protect, which was had issues on its own. It, it looks like there were so many bugs that they didn't final, you know, finalize. And then, then they updated the thermostat. And uh, although it had the cool, like, what is it, glance feature where it would show you the time or the temperature from far away, 
it, and they made it, I think, bigger and like thin, a little bit thinner. There wasn't a whole lot of things that really came out of it that were like, wow, this is amazing. And of course, they acquired a drop cam. But even then, like they didn't really um, innovate on on Dropcam. They kind of just named named it Nest Cam, and then boom, there it was. And so there hasn't been a whole lot of things that have come out of the Nest team. Um, so when you hear all these, you know, there was there was a Reddit post of of talking about just the the management and what it's like to work in that environment, and it's um, it kind of makes you wonder because you're like, okay. Yeah, what is going on? You know, it's uh, they're were, they're were saying they they have so much of this like crunch time, which is they tell you, hey, this is this deadline, and you're thinking as an engineer, yeah, there's no way that we can possibly actually ever do that. They're like, well, who cares? You're gonna do it, and it even says this is this is like the sad part. It says people fall asleep in corners and cry in the bathrooms. Health and marriages are suffering, and I'm just trying to think like, in what type of work environment will that I would be in that I'm crying like in the bathroom and my marriage is (laughs) suffering that I'm like sticking it out or and what type of manager or you know leader is okay with that like I that just boggles my mind and I and I realize like man I guess this it's a whole different world that these people are living because I that's that's a lot of crap to put up with Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really hard to try and figure out from the outside what's going on. But I always feel like with these stories, and yes, this is an anonymous Reddit post, and yes, you know, this this person may well be disgruntled. They may have an axe to grind. Like who who knows? You, you you really don't know. You know what position they're coming from. But when there's that much smoke around a company, and when, even, when you've even got Tony Fadell, you know, stating things on the record, not obviously not about people crying in bathrooms, but about you know it being crunch time, and you know we've got to be more fiscally responsible. It's really makes for an interesting situation because I'm trying to think of all the different companies that you know Google has acquired recently and I don't know that any of them have really you know had a had a stellar you know sort of takeoff after they've been acquired I mean you look at something like Facebook right they they bought Instagram and I was like well that's the end of Instagram goodbye everybody but it it turns out that they ran it really smartly you know they left Instagram to do its own thing it's it's grown since it's grown a little bit closer to Facebook but it's not like you know, day one, they, they replaced everything with blue and put Facebook all over it. Like they did it in a really respectful way. And then you look at something like Motorola, which, you know, Google bought for reasons, you know, still unknown to a lot of people, then then sold off. You look at something like, you know, Boston Dynamics, and now Nest is kind of, you know, the next one in that line where they brought the entire company, you know, in under the Alphabet banner. They put, um, you know, Tony Fidel was, was in charge of it. And you know, years later, there's there's no sort of amazing products coming out, and maybe maybe they're working on something you know revolutionary and amazing, but there's there's nothing you know to indicate those things. It's just here's Nest. You know, we sell the Nest thermostat. We've got the the Protect. We bought Dropcam, and you know, maybe maybe there's some magic home automation thing coming out in the future. I, I kind of, I thought it was kind of weird that they when they released that new like absolutely home oriented. Uh, 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 route home router, home Wi-Fi router. That would seem like an opportune way to say, well, now here's how we we're going to extend the Nest brand, uh, particularly something that's networked uh, and something that's designed to make networking a lot easier and a lot smarter. But yeah, no, abs- absolutely nothing of that kind. Uh, there's uh, the last couple of paragraphs uh, definitely paint this correspondent as fully disgruntled. Uh, he said, Tony, <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm going to use the accusatory voice here because I, I feel as though this was typed with hard keystrokes. Tony, you can't hide. Typed from the bathroom. 
Hide from the bathroom crying. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's Tony, something to joke you about. You can't hide anything from engineers. We know how many units are actually being sold. How many subscriptions lapse? How many fail or get returned? I feel like I'm, it's not like I'm mocking. I was just trying to get a laugh no. here. We know about that time bomb flaw you ignored, so people will have to upgrade. We can see the data in those executive dashboards you think we don't know about. But go ahead. Keep trashing us in public. We dare you to tell everyone just how much of that $340 million, uh, the amount of that would be the amount of revenue <laughs> I think that uh, Ness has been making was due to a simple drop cam rebrand and not the thermostats and smoke alarms. Good luck shipping that critical new project after restarting it for the umpteenth time. Ah, that feels better. Now off to the other four meetings I have today. So that's it's if if it's fake, it's a very detailed, it's a very passionately fake uh, <laughs> yeah. post, and it, it doesn't again absolutely underscore this as anonymous posting that has been deleted. But it does. It, it, we, when you see a lot of nicely sourced articles about projects that keep starting and stopping, and slip uh, sh ship dates that that keep slipping, and also known that they've been losing a lot of middle management executives, that's usually not a great. That's if that's usually a sign that either someone's uh, stock options have just vested, and now they're going to running that run that bed and best bed bed and breakfast in Vancouver, or whatever they've been dreaming about, or a lot of people just don't last long there because they have a hard time. Just making that work-life will-to-live balance. Yeah, it's something, I guess it's very interesting because you, Alphabet is this large encompassing company and then there's so many like other, even there's still large companies within that organization, right? And it's, uh, sometimes it makes you think it's like, do you not have any opportunities to really kind of mentor these CEOs? Like, is there like, a, I don't know, like I'm thinking like a CEO brunch where at least they can kind of get together and, and maybe kind of help each other out because these are... These are fan, you know, fantastic minds that are leading these these great companies, but sometimes they may not be the best managers. You know, like someone can be really talented at something, but they can really suck at managing people. And other times, you just have really fantastic managers that may not be, you know, uh, tech like engineers or you know, or product leaders, but it's like they just understand people. And so, it's surprising to me that it's like, why aren't we? Why aren't you guys? helping each other out almost uh, it kind of it kind of feels like the companies are just on their own right now which i guess you you kind of talked about that in facebook yes they let instagram kind of be its own product but it's almost i guess not i guess it's not working out in this case i'm not sure yeah i mean the other thing is that it's really odd from a pr point of view normally when you're you know under the umbrella of a big company um is it the, the, the pr team that you know run all your public comments and any articles that you comment on that make sure they they you know scrutinize those to the nth degree and then you have this comment from, you know, Tony Fidel on the record. He says, this is talking about drop can employees. So there's the story that, you know, 100 of them left at, at a particular point. Obviously not all at once, but, you know, they, that's how many they'd lost. And he said, a lot of employees were not as good as we hoped. Unfortunately, it wasn't a very experienced team. And that's, I think that's a fine thing to say in a private meeting, you know, with, with, with your board or whatever. It's, it's not a fine thing to say to the press, though, because... I mean, what what kind of picture does that paint of your organization when that's the image you're putting out? You're like, yeah, you know, those jerks left, but they just weren't good enough to to work here. So, what, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a terrible way to like. <laughs> even if they did suck, like maybe not in public. It's like, well, I guess they were so terrible that they did build Dropcam, which was an amazing product that you eventually wanted to buy. So, <laughs> hey, not <laughs> or anything, but it's kind of like, come on, you know, I'm sure they're not absolutely terrible because they 
they did build a product that is, according to the other person, bringing in a lot of income for your nest. So, uh, yeah, I some people maybe shouldn't be allowed to uh, speak to the yeah, public. That's, that's what's that's what's kind of interesting about all this all this coverage. It's been going back for like three or four months for some reason. A lot of people, I think, it seems as though they reached their saturation point in early February about the situation uh, and. Again, you, you always have to be really careful about things that you know versus things that you're sort of collecting from uh, from, from from volume and, and velocity of things that you're saying. But there are very few – most of these articles from different sources are pointing at Tony Fidel as a problem. There are very few that are saying that, well, unfortunately, there's a lot of employees that have three different things or they're not the, – the Nest is really not getting the support from Google that Google promised. It's every single article seems to be talking about – has a different story uh, about something that Tony Fidel was being Steve Jobs-like without the Steve Jobs-like ability to actually ship a wonderful product <laughs> that becomes legendary. So mm. that might be a problem. Um, another problem is now this. This is this is a, a goodwill sort of problem. Uh, Google has decided that they're done supporting a, a home automation hub that they acquired called Revolve. And I'm going to spell it for you: R E V O L V. Because none of you have this, none of you have heard of this, none of you care about this. This was an announcement that was made on the Revolve home automation home hub site a couple of months ago that people are just getting around to noticing. Uh, it's uh, t The announcement on the Revolve sites uh, is proudly saying, oh, well, we let off the, uh, the home automation revolution, the Internet of Things in 2014, and we were bought by Nest, and we're, our technology became an integral part of the Works with Nest platform. And now that we're moving on to the next thing, we're leaving behind uh, Revolve because everything we're doing now is so much better and because of the groundwork and the wonderful thing that we did with Revolve. So basically... Nothing is going to if you have if you if you're one of the eight people who bought a, a Revolve in 2014 and it has not been sold for two years, uh, and it was not a success at the time either. They're just absolutely pulling the plug, and it's not like uh, when you uh, when a certain network device that you buy is not no longer being supported with new drivers. It's no, it's it's going to it basically it has to send up. It's going to there is not if you keep it on after May something. May 15th, it will stop working whatsoever. They're going to be shutting it down. So you're just going to have a weird translucent, someone someone referred to it as a like a like a tub of supermarket hummus looking device. Um, and it's, you have to, I don't think that the outrage about it is in uh, proportion to what is actually happening. Happening. Not only was it, has been sold for two years, not only was it, re it was really kind of bad to begin with. And thirdly, uh, they had been given a lot of up. The company, the Revolve, had been given a lot of opportunities to improve and advance, and they'd blown a whole bunch of different timelines. So it was just it was just a crappy product that had to be put out of its misery at some point. But there's still the principle of what happened. Did a, if did I spend three hundred dollars on an opportunity here? Did I spend three hundred dollars just to lease a piece of hardware that was always conditional upon the company not wa wanting me to continue to have an operational thing? Um, some I think I don't know who it was. I think it was just someone chatting on Twitter, but it was a it was a very uh, applicable comment saying, "Well, what if hypothetically Apple decided that it was time for me to buy an iPhone seven, and so they basically sent out a pulse of death <laughs> to my iPhone five, saying, do not work anymore under any circumstances.' Uh, is that how things work now? So it's it's a good conversation to start having. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Andy. I think some of the reaction was was in many ways an yeah. overreaction, considering how. You know how long it's been since this thing, thing was sold, and considering they made this announcement two months ago, and 
and no one seems to have noticed. I, I guess the thing that that really you know got people interested in this story is the idea that um, you buy a product. Let's say the product costs three hundred dollars. You take it home. If the product relies on some kind of cloud service, then the thing that people don't realize is, okay, I've spent $300, I have the physical product, but if the cloud portion of it goes away, then then potentially, you know, my physical product is useless. And I guess if you're looking at the iPhone analogy, it'd be more like if Apple decided, you, you know what, this iCloud Photos thing, it was a fun experiment, but um, yeah, we're not going to continue that. And they said, you know, in one month, we're just turning off iCloud Photos and, and all your photos are going bye-bye. And it's like, but I, I paid for the iPhone, but it's like, yeah, but... You know, it relies on a cloud service and we're not supporting this this cloud service anymore. Yeah, and it's something, you know, going back to, to the kind of the Nest and the Dropcam thing, those things rely on those uh, cloud-based networks and information that's on there, like for it to work at, to its full potential. And so it is something when you kind of take a bargain on, when you go into the smart home, you have to think, okay, is the company that I am buying this from, Is it are they going to be, uh, you know, still active in a couple of years because I don't want this thermostat or my, uh, I don't know, my refrigerator to no longer have its kind of connected features. Sure, of course, it will still make my food cold, you know, but am I going to miss out on the features that I spent so much money on? Um, and so it's a, it's an interesting thing, the whole connected home and smart home thing where you are kind of taking a risk, but at the same token, if you don't take that, then those companies will for sure go under because they're not going to have the financial support to succeed. So I, I'm i hoping that at Google I.O., they'll, that Google will be able to uh, have some cool, smart, connected home system and kind of build on the OnHub because it's a, OnHub is a, is a product that I'm really happy to be using. And of course, I do love my Nest thermostat. It, it you know saves us a lot of uh, energy. So I hope that maybe... Google and Alphabet can kind of uh, work across departments and across uh, companies to kind of build something awesome. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I don't. I don't think when when Google gives away a free service like Reader or even Google Photos, you don't really expect it to last forever. And you know that there's enough history with Google that they might just decide that we're done with this or this doesn't fit in with our future strategy. Apple has end of life to. Uh, their uh, Aperture Pro, like faux editing system, you don't expect no, no, nothing gold can stay, Pony Boy. But it's it. Uh, I paid for that, by yes. the way, one hundred and fifty exactly. smackaroos. But, but 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 here's the thing: like it still works, and maybe it won't work with the next version of the operating system, and maybe the next time there's a really cool uh, file standard, it won't be updated to uh, to work with it. But at least it'll still work. And like if I have a, I still have a, a couple of different uh, netcams that are advertised with oh and uh, it connects to the cloud so you can you can look in on your on your dog on vacation and even though that service is gone i can still use them locally so if i if i spend 200 bucks for this i might not necessarily expect the cloud services to always work but i would expect that if there's a local if all it has to do is connect to an app or a website that i can access through my local uh, uh wife my, my local network i would feel kind of minus if a company went out of their way to say, "No, we're just gonna, we're gonna we're gonna engine, we're gonna architect this so that the first thing the camera does is connect the internet and contact our server and just try to contact our server. And if it can't find it, it just goes into an infinite loop that will never never work. That just seems obnoxious for two hundred bucks, for twenty bucks even. It seems obnoxious." Yeah, I think the difference is that a lot of these products, the main selling point is the cloud and the connected uh, services that it provides. So it's kind of, well, I could have saved myself some money if I would have gone with, uh, you know, creating my own network. And I and I think I, so I looked at the Dropcam because we were looking to get a, a system in, in, in our house. 
And you needed, in order for you to like see past uh, video, it actually needed to be connected to the Dropcam, Dropcam or sorry, Nest uh, cloud base so that it would, you would have to pay like a membership fee in order for it to be saving that information. So uh, I don't know exactly what would happen if the cloud did go away for something like uh, the Nest Cam. What does, what does that mean? So yeah, it's something that you, you're going to have, people are going to, I guess, have to be researching. It's like, if this cloud platform fails, will I be able to still access it via my own local network because it is connected to the internet and what's going to happen with that? So uh, it's an interesting world that uh, we we're going to be exploring soon. And we want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you? As always, uh, custom admission is to spell my last name correctly. I'm Anatko on Twitter, I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T-K-O, or go to anatko.com. And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. And they can also find us at Google I.O. Only one month to go. We're we're still hoping, Andy. We're we're gonna find a way to to fly you out here. Maybe we're gonna get a Google car to go pick you up and just say, "Go pick up Andy, even if he says no." You know, Boston Dynamics hasn't been sold yet. Send one of those robots to carry him into the car. Keep trying to push the, the robot car. over, but the robot will just keep getting back up. It just keep getting back up. So yeah. that we're gonna send a robot to come get you and put you in one of those self-driving Google cars and say, "Do not stop for anything. Get them to Google Hire." But if I but if I do, who will take care of the robots I have here in the house? They'll get lonely without me. Oh. <laughs> just set up one of those nest cams and just talk to them, you know, on their route. Say, I'll be, I'll be home soon. Don't, don't I worry. Just, I've, 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 I've set up, I've actually set up a, a, a wildlife sanctuary for abused Boston Dynamics robots. They, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these wealthy like Celtics, uh, Boston Celtics and Boston Red. They, the first thing they want to do is have a Boston Dynamics robot to show what a big shot they are, but they can't take care of them. And then they stop being cute little robots and become destructive big robots. And here they'll, they, I won't, no one will be trying to shove them off with, uh, with uh, two by fours. No one will take away their box when they just want to lift the box. <laughs> Your donations <laughs> help. Oh, I want to visit You're this wildlife. Yeah, uh, it sounds sanctuary. like a, like Here a fun Here they can gamble and romp and play. Can you cuddle with the robots? <laughs> and cuddle. Is there cuddling with the robots? Uh, only uh, you, you need to deposit a credit card to see that video. <laughs> and I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Material Podcast. You can send us your feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And we promise not to do a mic drop on you so that you get this uh, GIF and then never see our responses. Oh, yeah, April Fool's uh, joke was on Google. Sorry, Gmail team. Um, sometimes... <laughs> It's funny and sometimes it just, it's bad. So, <laughs> and you can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, we will see you at IO. Stay in material. I thought Andy was looking at me disapprovingly. Generally, I know. generally I was not, like, a, not a bad. Not the Samsung. <laughs> I tend to have I tend to cop an attitude towards anything I don't understand. <laughs> I just think the other person must be incredibly, incredibly wrong. Oh come on, man! What are you doing? Um. Da one, two, three, one, two, I'm so happy. I am singing. <laughs> Elf. No, see, I'm locally recording. I forgot this, even though we're not like recording, recording. And you're, oh gosh, now this I is going to end up into, now. now you're going to have the audio.
Please continue. <laughs>